to episode two of In the Abstract, the Lake Lokaido podcast. Uh, this time on the show, we have a very special guest. His name is Matthew Laborde. Very special. Yes, very special. He is the uh, owner of Elephant Realty. He's a commercial realtor here in town. Uh, you've been a, a very successful realtor for many years, so thank you thank for coming you. on the show. Absolutely, Brian. Uh, we love working together, and uh, happy to be here. Oh, yeah. Well, thanks for coming. Uh, so first off, let me just ask, what is the meaning behind Elephant Realty? So everybody asks this, and I wish I had a better answer, but Elephant is simply the combination of the words elite, E-L-I, and financial, F-I-N. So Elephant, then we threw an Elephant on the logo and so people could pronounce it. Okay, gotcha. Well, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Wish there was a better story. No, I mean, it, You're very it, underwhelmed by that, Brian. It works. It works. <laughs> I just like to know these kind of things. Like, yeah, I know yeah. Where these things come so, from. So when Elephant started, we uh, primarily were doing work for financial institutions, so uh, foreclosures and facilities for banks and credit unions, and uh, that's where the name came from. We since expanded it to just all commercial deals, mainly focused on the Baton Rouge MSA, but that's that's why the name Elephant. Okay. Well, how did you get your start in real estate to begin with? When I got my start, so I, in high school, read the book, Donald Trump's Art of the Deal. Oh, very nice. I read, it was, it was one of the only two books I read in high school, the whole time. Okay. Voted biggest procrastinator in high school, uh, total slouch, totally apathetic, uh, except I read The Art of the Deal and I decided I want to be in real estate. So uh, when I went to college, came here to LSU, you know, I had an uncle, great mentor that said, start now. That was his big advice, start now. Whatever you're interested in, just start. And so I went to a bunch of real estate companies in town, handed out my resume, dressed in a suit, looking sharp, offering to work for free, for free, no money, just to learn, and got rejected at every place. Okay. <laughs> Finally, my mom knew somebody at Keller Williams in Lafayette, I met with her, she hooked me up with some KW Commercial in Baton Rouge, and I worked for a gentleman named David Bercher. Oh, I know him. Yeah, yeah, David. Yeah, great man. Um, and so David, I was David's assistant. I said, I'll come in, work for free, 40 hours a week. He said, no, I'm going to pay you. And he paid me 100 bucks a week. Very so nice. It was a deal, and I learned a lot. That's my start. Well, then where'd you go from there? So from there, so I was there for about a year, give or take. Um, learned a ton, as much as I can learn. And then uh, me and a group of people uh, led by uh, Steve Lejean, uh, who is now Sterling Properties, he moved over to a company called Bo Box Commercial Real Estate. And he brought me and a few people with him. And that's when I met Bo Box and uh, latched on and learned as much as I could from Bo. And um, was there for six and a half years before starting off. Okay. Uh, now, why did you choose commercial versus residential? Because residential yeah. is definitely more common. Yeah. It is. There it are is. a lot more residential realtors than commercial realtors, so why, why, that, why choose that path? Well, everybody you know, assumes or asks about if I started in residential, and uh, I don't know. I, I, well, I guess the, the simple answer is I read The Art of the Deal, right? And he, I wanted to own hotels and casinos, and I, I thought that's <laughs> commercial real estate, right? Yeah, watch out for those casinos. They didn't work out too well. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> hey, I mean, you know. Hey. Uh, but uh, so, so my, my initial goal in getting becoming a broker is to learn the people, the players, and the game, how the commercial real estate game is played. And then I found out that rather than 
owning hotels and casinos, I really liked commercial real estate brokerage. Okay. So, yeah. Stuck with it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so I guess that goes into my next question about what do you love about being a commercial realtor? I love that, I love putting deals together. I love that the sky is the limit, not even the sky is the limit. I mean, there's no limits, right? Um, I love the flexibility of it. I love to wake up and every single day is different. So many different challenges and problems arise and just keeps you just really engaged. You meet so many interesting characters. I mean, you can, I'm sure, appreciate this as an attorney and in real estate, there's all kinds. I mean, there's all kinds of people, and it, everybody's got their own little quirks, and it just keeps life, it makes life very interesting. Yeah, I agree. That's one of the things I enjoy, too, is just meeting the people, because you're right. There are some characters in this real estate industry. There's some characters, and especially in commercial real estate, there's a lot of successful business owners, and so as a young, you know, person with a ton of ambition, to meet with, you know, business owners, successful business owners on a regular basis, it really provides that mentorship, that like, kind of guide for the future. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so you were talking about how you got some advice when you were uh, just starting out. So what advice would you give to somebody looking to start a career in commercial real estate? In commercial real estate? I would say, first off, start now. I think that was excellent advice. So it, you can go shadow somebody, go call up Elephant, right? Call me. Um, if I don't answer, it's on purpose just to make sure you're, you're gonna follow up and you really want it. Um, go in and uh, you know, just, just take that jump. Do it, try it out. If it's, if it's with a doctor's office, if it's whatever you wanna do, if it's with a vet, just go in there, tell them, hey, you wanna be there free. Cause you might find out you hate it or you might find out you love it and that will guide you. Yeah, now I definitely agree with that cause I have to do many different fields of law before I finally realized that, that real estate was the one that I enjoyed the most. Yeah? And Which one did you hate the most? Uh, family law. Okay. Family law was awful. Why do you hate it? Uh, it got too emotional for me. Uh, you know, your best family law attorneys, they can leave it at the door when they walk out of their office. They leave, you know, everything at work. Mm -hmm. uh, I couldn't do that. I was taking it home with me. And when you're dealing with people getting a divorce and child custody and things like that, it just gets real emotional and it just weighing heavy on me and uh, I just didn't like it. When, when people are when people are fighting about their kids, you see this weird side of them that is is just kind of awful. So, so yeah, mm -hmm. oh, so I just didn't yeah. like it. Yeah, that sounds heavy. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. it sounds very heavy. Uh, and then criminal law is a little too much responsibility for me. Screw <laughs> yeah. up there, somebody goes to jail. And right. Like, yeah. So it's like um, it's a little too much it's responsibility. A lot of pressure. Yeah. Title work, you can usually fix any kind of mistakes you make. So. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> so, that's true. Yeah. That is very true. And so now for the hard question, uh, okay. what's one of the most difficult business decisions you've ever made? And was it the right decision? I think the most difficult business decision that I've ever made was probably starting out. You know, it's not that I took a long time to, to make the decision. I had no intention to start my own company. Certain things happened. Somebody brought me to lunch, right? I'm not thinking anything about starting a company and told me that God told them to bring me to lunch and to tell me that I need to start my own company. Yeah, really? Yeah. And I was kind of taken back, blew it off a little bit. Things happened a month later and I was like, you know what, maybe I'll do that. And then that was in July and by October 31st of that year, it was out with Elephant, right? So it didn't necessarily take a lot, long time. A lot of people who were doing that, they take years 
the year plus. Um, but, uh, but it was a difficult decision in that it was a test of confidence in yourself. And um, yeah, it was, it was confidence in yourself and it was really tested, tested me. And for, for the first year, it was kind of like you're in the dark and you're unsure of things and everything. But after that year mark, everything started to make sense, started to really focus, things started taking off, and uh, ultimately, yes, it was the right decision. Yeah, it's kind of different when you have no kind of like parachute when it's kind of thrown out there. Yeah. It's all on you. Yeah, it's all on you. It's all on you. Of course, I have great help, amazing team, best people in the business. But if you fail, you're the one, you know, you're the one everybody points to. Oh, yeah. Uh, now I face the same kind of thing because uh, the middle of this year I decided uh, I'm just going to focus on doing real estate closings and that's it. Yeah. I'm cutting out all my other lines of business. Love it. And uh, it was very difficult. It was a, it's a hard thing to do because people are still calling you and saying you know can you help me with this and, and you mm -hmm. want to uh, because you know it's it's money and so you want to take it but you just got to say no it's it's taking me away from my one thing which is doing closings and so I can't can't have any distractions from from my one thing. I love it. Yeah. Just be the best at at, at what you're doing. Oh, yeah. and, uh, you're, and you're amazing. Oh, yeah. oh, thank you. Brian is amazing for everybody uh, listening. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Thank you. On the I, ball. I do my best. I do my best. Uh, so somebody comes to you and they're thinking about selling their commercial property. Yes. What kind of advice do you have for them? Uh, let's do it with Elfin. Of course. Well, after of that. Of course. After <laughs> that. No. Uh, so if you want to sell your commercial property, it really is a question of, all right, what's the motivation? Right? Why do you want to sell the property? Um, what's driving it and based off of that motivation we develop you know we develop a plan that makes the most sense so i would say just make sure to to as much um extent as possible you keep up the property you don't continue you don't just in your mind let go of it already let it you know deteriorate don't take care of deferred maintenance let tenants move out because then you're taking a building that had a lot of value and you're you're letting that value get eroded away and so before you get to that point to where it's too much explore selling while the value is still in the upswing still there so that you're not okay everything's falling apart or has already fallen apart and now you're trying to sell because you're not going to get the value out of it that you would have and then what about the other end? What about somebody who comes to you and says, you know, I want to, I want to buy a commercial property? Yeah. If they want to buy a commercial property, uh, again, it goes down to motivation. So, you know, we deal with with operators of businesses. So maybe, you know, you'd want to buy a commercial property to uh, for your next office building, right? Or um, you want to buy a commercial property as an investment. And there's different motivations there, and then there's different advice that comes with it. Um, but generally speaking, start looking around, right, at the property. If you, you can either go to Elephant Realty's website to see like all the great deals, right? All the great deals in commercial real estate. You can also, it's just a tip to help anybody out there, that the place where most commercial real estate agents list their property in Louisiana is a site called LAC. D as in dog, B.com. And that, that way you can kind of see all the inventory. Now you take a second look, look over there uh, and uh, you can see a lot of the deals available, see what might work for you, you know, and then, and then 
once you're serious and ready to move forward, contact an agent or uh, yeah, contact properties. Okay. Uh, so we talked about sellers, we talked about buyers. Now, what about people leasing a property? People were saying, yeah. I want to go lease a space. I want to go get get a property and lease it. Yeah. Or like, yeah, like I need to lease a property. So yeah, I need to lease a property. Yeah. So it's the same thing with with uh, it's the same thing with the buyer perspective, especially the buyer that's going to occupy and operate their business. So you just need to think about how much space you need, how long of a lease term you're willing to uh, to to sign. Um, you know, what can you afford, right? What's close to your customer base? There's a lot of things to consider when you're looking to lease a property because a lot of leases, three, five plus years, you know, three or five uh, years, and that's a long time. Yeah. So you wanna make sure you got the right space. Yeah, do you have any crazy lease stories? Do you have any crazy lease stories? Yeah, like just negotiations, negotiations that just went off the wall or... Just, you know, know, that's every day, man. Okay. That's every day. There's, there's uh, everybody, I think even myself, is unreasonable when you're negotiating something. You, th you think something should be included and it's not included and you, you get all emotional about it. And um, I think every, every day, nothing, nothing crazy jumps out of me. You know, I've seen people lease space without ever seeing the building. Oh, really? You know, um, I've seen people uh, lease space that's, you know, current, currently like total shell condition, which most people, like some people do, and it makes total sense, right? Uh, and it's just about the economics of it. But a lot of people, I think, just the general public would be, would be uh, surprised that people go in and lease a building that's almost dilapidated, right? And then the tenant will then spend their own money to do all the improvements to the building. So that's, that I think to a lot of people would, would sound crazy, but it actually makes a lot of sense depending on the deals, you know, the, the lease terms and the rental rate that you negotiate. Okay, so uh, are landlords sometimes unwilling to make repairs or? All the time. Oh, yeah, all the time? All the time. Yeah. Most of the time. <laughs> so, so how do you solve that? Like, how do you solve that? Well, you do it in, in, a, in a, uh, a lot of different ways. So. The landlord unwilling to make repairs. You know, usually what we'll recommend to landlords is you need to do the repairs that make the space tenable for the average occupant. So if there is just ripped up carpet everywhere or the, the walls have holes in it, you need to fix those things. Um, if the doors are broken off or um, you know, if there's a hole in the ceiling, you need to fix that stuff. If the AC doesn't work, you need to fix that, right? Where we say to landlords, hey, draw the line, is when it comes to stuff that's specific to a tenant's business. So if a tenant, for whatever reason, maybe it's a medical, veterinary type use, they need a sink in some of the rooms. Well, if that's specific to the tenant, you can negotiate it, but for the general, generally speaking, we, we, you know, the tenant should be responsible for that, generally speaking, right? Uh, if the tenant wants certain fancy paint or fancy carpet or flooring, that should probably be on the tenant, right? Um, and there's some different ways to negotiate it. So if the landlord doesn't want to, like, out, you know, even if the landlord, there's a hole in the roof, the landlord should fix it, the landlord doesn't want to fix it, we can do a few things. We can give the tenant a credit and rent and give them like a few months rent free to offset having to do the work, the tenant, like to offset the tenant's expense 
to do the work itself, or we can uh, lower their rent altogether, give yeah. them a better deal. So I just leased a space on Government Street, right next to Elsie's, where the space has no air conditioning, uh, no plumbing, you know, the plumbing needs work, the electrical needs upgrading. Uh, it's basically four walls and a roof, right? Okay. There's a building next door that needs to be torn down. And the tenant just got a great rate on it, locked in for a long time, and it's gonna do 100% of the work. It's themselves, yeah. themselves, yeah, yeah. Just have those Matt Laborde uh, negotiating skills. That's it, yeah, exactly. that's all you need. Oh yeah. <laughs> Trademarked. Oh yeah, there you go. So how do you think the Baton Rouge commercial real estate market is right now? So it is, I, I, I like this question, but I also got like a big thing about this question. Okay. Tell okay. everybody. So every time you ask that, especially to a commercial real estate agent, they'll always either tell you a self-serving answer in terms of if you're their client asking about it and you've got a space that hasn't been leased that's been sitting on the market for a year that they have listed, they'll tell you, uh, man, it's slow. Oh my gosh, it's slow. There's just nothing happening, you know? Uh, now, if you're just a regular person, you know, an uninvolved un third party that asks that question to a commercial real estate agent, they'll tell you the answer according to how their business is doing. So if you ask somebody at XYZ, you know, firm that's not, not much happening, they'll say, well, it's kind of slow, you know, based off their personal production that year. If you ask somebody else, they'll be like, it's crazy, man. Like everything's going wild. Things are flying everywhere. People are doing deals. It's just wild, right? Um, so that's the typical answer. Because and the reason for that is there's just not that much data, you know, standardized data that's been collected over a period of time for commercial real estate, like there is in residential real estate or commercial real estate in bigger markets. So uh, that doesn't necessarily answer your question, but it's crazy right now, man. So. So in the uh, like in the residential MLS, I know that once you know a house sells, they put that information in the MLS, how much it sold for, all that kind of stuff. So you can go look it up. Does that not necessarily happen in the commercial? Does not happen. It doesn't. Okay. Does not happen. You can mark it as undisclosed. Uh, you can also some people just withdraw it, so you okay. never even know it's sold, right? Uh, so LEC, so in MLS, you get the fines mm. that get the residential agents to like comply right <laughs> they find them yeah you know, find them into submission right yeah, exactly. uh the commercial agents we don't get fined okay. we just do whatever you get a lot of uh it's like the wild west you know comparatively they're working on it that you know the lcb board is passing new you know regulations to try to tighten up a little bit but but as of now i could do whatever and pretty much i mean it's the wild west you got some old gun gun slingers in the commercial world, that just march to the beat of their own drum. Okay, mm -hmm. that, that that sounds kind of crazy. Uh. It's crazy. Well, it's it's tough. It makes it it makes it tough on the whole community because we don't have standardized data, right? And we don't have it, it widely and easily accessible. Okay. So, makes it makes it tougher for us, and we can pro can't provide as great a service to the client. Just one reason Elephant does the pulse. Do you get the pulse? Yeah, oh yeah, of course. So we track, we got a researcher, you know, on staff, uh, director of research, amazing guy, Kayla Crawford, that goes through the sales every single week, pulls out all the commercial sales, puts it in a newsletter, and sends it out to our database of 10,000 people. Um, and uh, if you want to get subscribed on that, that, that uh, 
that newsletter, right? Email the pulse at elephantrealty.com. We'll get you added to the list. Okay, awesome. I'm yeah. already on the list, but any of you listeners out there, you should definitely get on that list. It's a great, great email to get. Uh, and kind of speaking of that, uh, I've noticed that your company and you personally, y'all really embrace kind of social media because y'all are always doing kind of you know things about what y'all are doing. Y'all go to those conventions. I yeah. always see your videos and things like that. So uh, how did that happen? What's kind of the story behind that? As far as social media? Yeah, your embrace of social media. Well, we're millennials. Oh yeah. Sure. Right, we're millennials. Oh yeah. So so the bit, how did that happen? We are the only millennial-run company in town, right? And one of the only ones in the state, and one probably, there's probably not that many on our size and scale commercial real estate brokerages in the country that are, like, you got a millennial kind of pulling the, you know, deciding who, who's, what ideas to follow, right? Uh, so, obviously, social media is where it's at, right? That's where the attention is. Uh, and as a student of Gary V, Gary Vaynerchuk, I mean, we're going 100% in on content. We got two people videoing us right now. <laughs> we're audio recording it. We're just 100% in being omnipresent. And how you do that through social media. Yeah. Have clients ever made a comment about it? Like that's too much. Like don't, why are you always on? Like some of your older clients maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I guess not necessarily. I mean, they really say. Hey, I'm calling you. I always see your stuff on LinkedIn. You're everywhere, you know? Like, uh, hey, you want to list on Billing? You know, I just saw you sold, sold this other property, sold the post on LinkedIn, you know? So it's never, you know, some people, I guess the competition probably maybe thinks it's a little bit too much. But uh, but I've never heard that from clients, okay. you know? Yeah, because I mean, it's a very different thing to do because uh, you don't see a lot of commercial, you know, uh, realtors doing that kind of stuff. You know, they're, they yeah. kind, of, kind of stay in the background and they're kind of quiet about what they do. Right. Because, I mean, and, but I guess that helps because a lot of people don't, I don't really know that many, uh, you know, commercial realtors just from seeing them out in public, which I guess is a good thing that you're doing all that. I mean, it's 100%. It's yeah. 100% a good thing. So, so where we get a lot of our business is from referrals from our network. And a lot of those people are followers of Elephant on social media. And so they see Elephant on social media, someone asks them, hey, I'm looking to open a business. I'm looking to invest in commercial real estate. Uh, who do I call? And they just saw our post, right, of us closing some big deal. And they're like, you need to call Elephant. They're killing it. They're everywhere. Right? Yeah. So it's a no-brainer yeah. for commercial real estate in any industry. And uh, one thing i just like to explain to the audience, uh, for people who aren't in the real estate industry, they may not realize that when you list a piece of property for sale, either residential or commercial, you're paying a uh, listing fee. So it could be you know, 5%, 6%, whatever the agreed fee is. You're paying that fee. Uh, and that goes to the listing agent. Now, when that property, if the listing agent sells that property, they get that entire 6% or that 5%. But if you have your own agent, they get that. That's how they're paid. That's how your agent will be paid, would be from that listing commission. So there's never a downside to really having your own agent. So you don't have to just buy from the listing agent if you don't want to. You can always have your own person there to represent you. And if you're smart, you'll get Elephant to be that representation. If you're smart. If you're smart. But you know, you can go some other way and you know, proceed at your own risk. But, uh, <laughs> Appreciate that. Oh yeah. Uh, and so lastly, uh, I just wanted to ask, like, do you have any upcoming projects or listings you want to talk about? Any, any kind of thing you want to alert the, the public about? Yeah, we have so many. Uh, so many projects. We've got a really cool development that I think is really special and a lot of people starting to catch on to it but you know where Alexander's is on Highland, Highland oh, yeah. uh, by Old Perkins we got this development called Highland Park Marketplace 
Okay. So it's everything sort of behind there along Old Perkins. Uh, and we've got, you know, there's different groups there. Austrian's about to open a uh, urgent care clinic. Great River Bank's about to build a, a bank branch there. Uh, the pediatric place is going to build a clinic there. Uh, Paper White is a new company that's going to open up a stationary spot there. But we have, uh, it's really like upscale retail development. It's kind of like town center, but in South Baton Rouge. Um, uh, And uh, we've got a lot of those same players. And I think that's a really special development that we're really proud to be a part of. Okay, well, yeah, so if anybody listening is looking to get in on that, uh, just contact Elephant Realty, and I'll go through all their social media tags here. Your uh, Twitter, at Elephant Realty. Yes. Uh, Instagram, at Elephant Realty, that's and that's uh, E-L-I-F-I-N, Realty, uh, and then Facebook.com slash Elephant Realty. You can contact Matt at uh, M. Laborde, that's M-L-A-B-O-R-D-E, at ElephantRealty.com, and you can stop by their office at 640 Main Street, Suite A, or you can call them at 800-895-9329. So you forgot our uh, TikTok. Oh, I didn't know you were doing that. I yeah, yeah. See? I don't know what it is, but we just got TikTok. So. I don't really know what it is either. If but. you're on TikTok, if you're between the age of 5 and 11, go on TikTok, follow our TikTok page, Elephant Realty. Those 11-year-olds are running a lot of commercial properties. They are. So you gotta, yeah, that's the yeah, new way. Yeah, you got to get them young. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, Matthew, thank you for being on our show for our second episode. and uh, It's been know. a pleasure. I really appreciate it. And again, we love working with you. You do such an incredible job. And uh, you just take care of everything. We don't have to worry about anything. And it's, it's quick. So we appreciate you. Well, I enjoy working with y'all also. Y'all are very professional. Y'all are on the ball. So never have any problems with y'all's transactions. So love it. I love it. Uh, and so uh, if you need to find us, we're at Twitter at Lakeland Title BR. We're at Instagram, Lakeland Title BR. We're at Facebook slash BR Closing. Uh, me personally, I'm on Twitter at B Johnson and on Instagram at uh, BG Johnson. Uh, if you need to contact us, you can contact us at podcast at brclosing.com. Or if you need to contact me personally, you can uh, email brian at brclosing.com. And of course, we're located at 4610 Blue Bonnet Boulevard, Suite B. And if you need to call us, if you're still using the phone, uh, it's 225-387-5005. So thank no you. TikTok. No, no TikTok. TikTok. No TikTok yet. I'm going to check that out. And so maybe episode three, we'll be able to talk about our new TikTok yes. channel. Yes, yeah. let's do it. Or whatever they're calling it on a channel, whatever they're, I don't know. Who knows? Right. Yeah. So, uh, so thank you again, Matt, and thank you for everyone who's listening. And we'll see you next time.